0: okay so growing up mardi gras were you was it like a like because i know that there's some people that when mardi gras season is around like they have something to do with mardi gras like every day for like a a good chunk of time Two weeks yeah yeah There could be was that how your family was
1: no no Uh, i mean i'm from the burbs okay um we didn't No, as we got older and me and my siblings, we had friends whose parents might do more. We might have done more. My mom and dad are pretty chill and not really. My mom's a homebody. Gotcha. And my dad kind of worked evenings. He's Parks and Rec and so did lots of evening. You know, he Mm -hmm. was watching, taking score of basketball games. I just, I just
0: imagine your dad being Ron Swanson. (laughs) <laughs> like cuz you always say that he worked at Parkinson's so i just imagine him as ron swanson that could yeah mustache his hair was always done he
1: had a mustache at one time but it was short lived and he totally wore those um coach shorts, you know, with the big elastic, like the two inch elastic with the two oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. clippy button yeah. buttons right there.
0: Mm-hmm. They're like either gray, gray or nylon. blue. Yeah. I,
1: I, I think I have a picture of him wearing yellow cause he coached my brothers Wow, <laughs> like mustard yellow cause he coached my brother's baseball team one time. That gotcha. was it. Just the one time. Gotcha. And he had on like the white baseball jersey with the yellow sleeves and the mm-hmm. yellow. I'm going nice. to have to dig that up nice. next time I'm there.
0: I can remember, uh, baseball coaches in the, 80s and 90s, wearing those shorts and then wearing the, you know, the baseball socks with the vertical stripe. Yeah,
1: was a yeah. Right, and yeah. they would,
0: but they would wear those without the baseball pants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now you're just like, oh no. Now it's no. it's like, don't do real that. Real bad. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's awful.
1: Yeah. So no, we were not that Mardi Gras family. Okay. We would do. So we lived in the burbs. So mm-hmm. there's the the parades that would happen in New Orleans, which were real elaborate things that you know of just Mm -hmm. because you live in the united states or you know because you're alive Mm -hmm. you know about like the endymion and the bacchus and the ones that have the stars who are the um grand marshal or whatever um on the west bank Mm -hmm. which is where i grew up Mm -hmm. in the berms um they'd have like little you know cute little knockoff parades. Okay. And they were more family oriented, which is good. So we would go to those for sure, but we didn't have a lot to do with it. So my mom growing up, she was the queen of one of the parades one time. Nice. Um, Cause my grandfather was like, um, in the ambets or something. And he, I don't know okay, how, how, how that came to be, but she's like, Oh, you know, Papa wanted me to be the queen. Like it, I think it was a status thing for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, I mean, so when my mom was the queen, that was back in the day when the queen, the the court didn't ride on a float. So she like sat on the back of a convertible, like, you know, sat up on the seat in the convertible with like the big, what's that thing called? The shoulder thing, the big fanny, not fanny like butt, but like a fan around your shoulders, you know, like a queen would wear, like she had... A tiara, mm-hmm. the, the this like thing. Like the
0: Elizabethan collar thing?
1: Not a collar. It was more like a fan. Like a. I guess you could say a collar, but it was something that went out.
0: Like Dracula? Mm-hmm. A, a little uh, bit. Maybe. Yeah.
1: I'm going to find a picture. Okay. Sissy, if you're listening to the podcast, go to mom's house and take a picture. Okay. So the name of her, the parade she was in was Poseidon.
0: Poseidon. Poseidon right. Okay. God um, of the sea.
1: Yeah, so that was like our it's, only family thing It's paganism, to sin Sorry Nikki. Okay.
0: I'm just kidding For the
1: car, I'll be for confession like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it going good all right it's going pretty good that that you said right there and you're like it's going pretty good that was the same notes as it's raining men it's raining men. (laughs) i thought that's what you're about to sing oh that's funny yep
1: hallelujah that's funny yeah It's raining. You would do really well with um, name that tune, huh?
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like there's a there's a lot of space in my brain that's probably (laughs) meant for other things. I don't think that's true. It's taken up by like like late '80s through early '2000s music trivia.
1: That's good. Is it? I think so.
0: I mean, maybe I watched a lot of VH1. When I should have been mm. out like having a girlfriend in high school, I was you like, I'm going to watch VH1 <laughs> and play my guitar. See where that gets me. Anyway.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I th- see, I but I think that music, mm, music's just good because it just fits into life. and
0: It does. Yeah. It's it's very it, much a, it makes a, a, things, a love language, right? Yeah. 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 I like that.
1: You did say something in the prayer that totally brought me to a Hamilton moment. And I was like, damn, I mean, now I can't not see that.
0: We're, I, I mean, I feel like we have, we haven't talked about Hamilton much lately, mm-hmm. but I feel like this podcast could be a study in all things leading back to Hamilton <laughs> at some point.
1: You said something about being satisfied. Mhm. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Somebody's gonna hear satisfied mm-hmm. and they're gonna be like, totally. Mm-hmm. They hear Angelica singing it right now. Yeah. She's on the Skylar sisters. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna it goes woo, it goes real high.
0: I bet that your <laughs> train of thought, so satisfied, Hamilton, Angelica, Skylar. I bet we could go like ten more steps. Absolutely. Yeah. I bet we could. We won't. Okay. I mean it's up to you. We well, can't yeah. nah. No.
1: Nah, it's not really Lenty.
0: It's not Lenty. And Lent <laughs> is uh is what we're talking about today. That's exciting. So we should probably um we would be remiss if we did not talk about Lent. Uh so um before we jump into that, uh I think uh well I, I know when this episode is released, when you're mm-hmm. hearing this, it's Ash Wednesday.
1: Ash Wednesday. Um, which is kind of interesting
0: <laughs> in uh, you know, in the time of a global pandemic it is because um,
1: did, y- did y'all get provisions on how that ashes will be distributed
0: yeah so I think everywhere in the Diocese of Austin they're now sprinkled like
1: pixie dust yeah right? like
0: pixie dust I don't um, want to
1: diminish it but that's the first thing I thought was like
0: I'm going to think good thoughts oh, and nice. see what happens <laughs> um, yeah.
1: to- I'm definitely going to close my eyes
0: yeah because woof. oh the first person that goes to the emergency room <laughs> because they got, got ashes, ashes in their in my eye. eyes like like the You've diocese is going to going to Flip a table. Yeah, it's gonna be t- terrible. Um, maybe we won't put that in the podcast, <laughs> considering I work for the Diocese uh, of Boston. Uh, technically. Um, hi, Nikki. Hi, James. How's it going?
1: It's you know what. It's going well. Okay. However, I do have a little side a little side dish of concern because of the weather. It's yes. Icy out today. It
0: is icy. And um, I feel
1: like okay, okay, we can do icy. Uh huh. But there's also a little bit of oh, can everybody else do ice? There's
0: a little bit of no, we can't because we never have to do it, right? <laughs> right. Like our friends in the north. Um, so my I'm sure rolling their eyes at I, us. I have some family that lives in Iowa. Uh, my aunt Mary. How about that? Uh, just posted um, a trip that she took with her dog to the dog park, and her dog. Uh, she was complaining in the po- not complaining, but kind of relating in the post that her dog didn't. Want to come home from the dog park, and he kind of threw a fit when he knew he had to get back <laughs> in the car. He cute. didn't. He didn't want to. <laughs> it was negative six degrees. Ew. My dogs would have. I mean, they
1: don't even want to go potty.
0: They they wouldn't. I mean, I can't even begin to describe what they would have done if it was negative six degrees. And her dogs just like running around, like thinking that making it's making dogs snow angels. Yeah, dude, I dude. feel like that's the difference between us mm. and some of our friends up north who are used to kind of weather. It is definitely not negative six degrees here. It's about 30 degrees outside and it's like freezy slushy kind of rain. Which is like negative rain. six for Texas. Yeah. Um, it's like freezy slushy rain uh, and it's really uncomfortable. But all the trees look beautiful because they they're covered do. in ice. Until they start falling on people's houses then oh. that's going to be bad. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird because I feel like to us it's the end of the world and I feel like if my someone like my Aunt Mary was here She'd be like, what, what what, is this situation? Yeah. (laughs) This is just weather. Like it's just, you know, another day. You're not snowed in. Exactly. My cousin, Sean, who's her son would probably go fishing today.
1: Really? Like the, um, drill a hole in the ice ice. Well,
0: he's, so he, I know, I know that he's done that. I don't know how often that he does that, but there's, there are some places up there that don't necessarily freeze over or that they can kind of get through in a boat because the water's moving. Um, okay. and so he would go fishing in those places and, and like there's pictures. yeah, there's pictures of him like all bundled up, like catching pike and stuff like that. And walleye and these different kinds of fishing, I just,
1: cold and wet combined. I love fishing.
0: Oh, I don't love it thing. that much mm-hmm. at all. I would rather, I mean, you know, if you talk to my cousin, Sean, if we talk about like, um, uh, fishing on the, on the Gulf coast, like here in uh-huh. Texas, right. He'll be like, cause that's, I grew up in Houston so, or Houston area. So i That's where I fish most of the time is saltwater fishing. And he'll be like, there's things in the ocean that can like eat you. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't, I don't care. Like I get to wear shorts and flip-flops. Like it's it's wonderful, you know? Um, anyway, so Hmm. what are we talking about today? I have a cousin Sean too. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, S H A W N or S E A N S E A N. Cool. Same. Um, I think, now I'm second guessing. <laughs> I might be wrong. I am wrong. S h uh, a w n. Is S H? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, we already kind of mentioned that we are going to be discussing Lent and Lenty things. Uh, it's Ash Wednesday when folks are hearing this, yes. um, which is a this really kind of unique opportunity for. Um, uh, Christians all over. It's not just a Catholic thing. Nope. Uh, all, all Christians and really anyone is invited, invited into this season of Lent, um, which is really meant to be like a season of growth, right? Yeah. We think of it sometimes as a, uh, as just a season of repentance, um, yeah. meaning kind of, kind a of
1: season of deprivation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of depriving oh, yourself. Right. Um, uh, maybe instead of uh, humbling yourself before God, we kind of get into this idea that it's humiliating yourself before God. <laughs> and, uh, and oh, God, God doesn't really want that part of it. Um, he doesn't want us to kind of go through that. Like he, he recognizes our shortcomings. He, he wants us to recognize them. Um, so much as we grow, so, yeah. so much as we grow out of those things. And we, uh, embrace him as our, savior, redeemer, father, however you want to think about it. Um, but the idea of Lent and, and one of the things we're going to talk about today is that Lent is, is really kind of a time of, um, of joy. It is. It's really kind of a time of, of this really, uh, awesome opportunity to, uh, to encounter God in this really unique way and to allow God to work on us Mm -hmm. and to, um, think of it as like kind of getting some spiritual upgrades Right. Yeah. So wherever, wherever we're at, uh, at the beginning of Lent in our spiritual life, whatever's been going on, uh, we kind of collectively as a community look around and say, Hey, you know, where do I need some, some maintenance? Where do I mm. need, um, some, you know, some things to get better. And then also like, where can I reach out and be, uh, a little more proactive, a little more productive in my spiritual life in an effort to, um, just be my best self. Yeah. Right. Um, I hope that that takes the pressure off. I think sometimes Lent is a very—it
1: can be a pressure-filled. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, it's a, it's a little season. bit of a pressure cooker for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That we feel like we, we, have to get everything right. I've
1: gotta have the best thing to give up. Exactly. To make me yeah. into the best human being possible. Exactly.
0: Um, I have an interesting bit of information that I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware of.
1: Ooh. Is this a new discovery? No, 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 I've, I've it's known just it. Something I've known that... it for a little while, but okay. it's something
0: that I think is a is a pretty big misconception. Oh. For Christians, Catholics, uh, just people in general. Are you ready? Uh, it might I feel be, a little nervous. It might be a little scandalous. I'm nervous. Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. Mm. You do not have to go. <laughs>
1: I did, I did know that, but that being said, I am your co-host.
0: So There's a I second part that to right. that. Oh, crap. I not but okay. more people go to church on Ash Wednesday than Christmas and Easter combined. Really? Yes.
1: Okay. Could a theory be that it's the visibleness of the ashes, the, the kind of, you know, we live in this culture now where if it's not posted it's not real type of thing so is do you think it has something to do with the fact that going to mass for ash wednesday has a visible component to it absolutely whereas I think like that's eastern a big part of it. christmas don't
0: yes and but i also think that that it signifies a there is something about that act of again it's humbling yourself before god mm-hmm. and we'll kind of talk about what ashes and sackcloth mean uh, in scripture real quickly but um, you're humbling yourself before God. I also think that it is a response to a very hidden um, desire mm, yep, to be yep. to be reconciled with God, to be I closer agree. to God in yeah. some way. Um, I think that people, for the I mean, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. I think we understand our need for communion with God and for mm-hmm. communion with one another. And I think that Ash Wednesday is maybe the one day a year when we all look around and we go, oh, we're all in this together. And it feels a lot safer. It feels, yeah. you know, even if, even if that feeling is coming out of this sense of obligation that mm-hmm. you've, you've always gone and got, even though you don't go to church, you're not practicing, whatever, you've always gone and gotten ashes because your grandma made you, it your mom like made you or something. It feels like It feels like we're all kind of in this boat and it's all, you know, it's there. And so you go and you just, you know, even if it's just going through the motions, right? There's something that gets you in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that says a lot about us as a society. I think your, uh, observation that it is a, um, you're kind of wearing a Catholic brand, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're, you know, it's like if you, if you walk into, I don't know, a certain group of people and you have to have certain brands of clothing or something like that, like you've got to kind of, be accepted. you've got to kind of be accepted. Right. And so there's this feeling that, oh, if I don't go do this, then I'm not. I'm not one of the cool kids, mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that's definitely a part of it. And then the 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 third thing that's kind of struck me is, I I feel like when we um, when we really kind of look at these faith dynamics in our culture, whether it's just Catholicism or Christianity across the board, um, I feel like we we kind of we, 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 we walk very closely to guilt and shame, Mm. uh, close enough to allow guilt and shame to kind of direct us, uh, and direct our interactions with God. And so we feel like there's this, there's this sort of act of, of humility, this act of, of shame of receiving ashes. It's very, I don't want to say very dark, but it is a lot more, um, uh, it's a lot more lenty. I don't. I don't know an, another way to put it. But it's. It's. You know, things are are darker. It's. You know, it is supposed to mirror kind of wandering through this desert. Yeah,
1: a time a lo- of isolation for yeah. Jesus that we're. Yeah,
0: and so kind of we feel attracted to that because we we feel like that's kind of what we deserve.
1: I'm not worthy of. Yeah, you know, abundance yeah. and this and that. So for a lot of
0: folks, this is the only place that I can really encounter God because I have this thing that I've been wrestling with for 10 years in my heart or something, Mm -hmm. or I'm living a lifestyle that, you know, um, maybe so, so such and such relative won't talk to me anymore and I'm not allowed to go to church or something like that. And so this is the only time that I can really encounter God. Mm. Um, while God is, really, really excited to encounter you. He doesn't want that to be, I don't think he really wants any of those things to be the motivations, right. the, the only motivations yeah. for that encounter. He wants you to come and receive his mercy. Um, but he wants you to receive his mercy so that you can be in communion with him and live a life with him and live in a friendship with him permanently. Yeah. Right. It's not, um, you know, it, it, even, even Christ in the gospels uses the, the, the analogy like, um, that, that God is the divine physician, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that we need a, you know, the sick need a physician. Um, I was actually recently in the doctor's office and I kind of thought about this and I thought, you know, I'm going to leave the physician. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to leave the doctor's office and I might go home with a prescription or I might go home with like a cast on my arm or for whatever reason, right? We, we leave the doctor's office and then I might come back for a follow-up later. I'm not friends with my doctor, Right. I don't She's have She's not this... going to
1: be like following you and being a part of your every decision exactly. in every moment of your day. Exactly. I
0: don't have this deep and abiding relationship with my doctor. So that, that idea of, of it being, you know, if God is just going to kind of fix me, God mm. is going to, that is a, um, while it's an ongoing thing and we need the mercy of God throughout our lives, um, that's not the end game for God. No. That's, that's God. God wants even heaven with him. He, he wants you experiencing life to the fullest and being your best self and being the person that he created you to be, um, in all of those unique ways that he created you to be that person. Right. So Lent then kind of by default, um, is really just a tool for getting us there.
1: That's what I was. Okay. So I'm thinking Lent, bear with my analogy. Mm-hmm. Lent is like the youth minister's pizza to get the kids in. Nice. The ashes are like the pizza. Mm -hmm, But really what you want.
0: (laughs) Hopefully not.
1: I mean, depends on what you're using. If the kids made it
0: in the the parish activity center (laughs) kitchen, it could be it could be burned. Yeah.
1: No, but I mean like the all of Lent is is meant to draw us closer to him. Absolutely. So the idea of Ash Wednesday being kind of the precursor or the the carrot that gets you in. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, why the dangling carrot? Who likes carrots that much? I don't know. Uh, horses. Dangli- so you you dangle oh. a carrot
0: in front of a horse, and it gets it. We gets use that to walk. analogy
1: for people a lot. I'm just know. like,
0: mm. I don't know that that really works. If that <laughs> yeah. if someone's out there listening and you know that that works, please let us know. But I'd I'm be, kinda like, I feel like a horse would be like.
1: Seriously, stop, you don't have anything else?
0: Stop moving, or I'm just gonna eat the grass <laughs> below me. I don't care about the stupid. It's carrot. not moving anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I I I. I What you're saying is exactly right. And I, and I wonder if we've gotten away from, uh, if we've kind of, kind of sold our, our liturgical seasons a little bit short in the sense that we don't recognize that they're all invitations. Mm -hmm. So we, we talked about this during, uh, the Advent episodes that Advent was, is really kind of this time of, of, um, as, as, as opposed to kind of saying like God is off on the distant horizon and I'm journeying towards him, which is great. That's a great way to think about it. Uh, we have to recognize that it's also a time when God is really kind of like, like setting up these opportunities for us, uh, and the church is really setting up these opportunities for us, really inviting us into, um, into into recognizing God around us, into recognizing where God is already moving in our lives, mm-hmm. and to embracing that uh, in ways that are going to carry us forward, right? Yeah. That are that are that are going to really um, uh, sort of edify our. Our again, our our spiritual dimension, our mm-hmm. our relationship with God, and so, if we think about Lent as an invitation, right? Then I think it's really important, maybe, instead of talking about, um, instead of talking about an invitation uh, to what we're not allowed to do, or an invitation to like right.
1: to sacrifice, to
0: sacrifice, it's equally as important, at least, to talk about an invitation. You know, the, the, this, this invitation to growth. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're, um, as we're kind of growing through this season, right. Are we allowing, are, are, are we allowing ourselves to just kind of say yes mm-hmm. to that invitation and to allow God to, to, to show us these ways in which he's inviting us to grow. Um, I know in my life, I generally, during Lent, I always kind of jump into the Lenten season thinking that's what I'm going to do. And I eventually kind of yeah, get buddy. sidetracked into thinking like, oh, I have to get X, Y, and Z done mm. for Lent. In order
1: for this Lent to be a productive one. A productive Lent. one,
0: or God's going to get mad at me. Yeah. Right? Or He's going to
1: fail my Lent. Th- something. My... Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I have PTSD from 2020 Lent. Really? Because it never, it, never it ended. felt like it never ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. what, you, you
1: you you laugh. Oh, I'm completely I'm, serious. I'm
0: laughing to keep from crying. Like I'm I, totally yeah, in the same boat. I feel yeah. a
1: little like I get the the shakes thinking about it.
0: Which maybe maybe a little bit proves our point that Lent is not.
1: It's not meant to. It's not.
0: It's not about being in the doldrums, right? It's about. It's yeah. about kind of carving out this time and this these opportunities to encounter God. These opportunities to work on our relationship with God. That are going to sustain us through life, right? Whatever the highs and lows are. Um, so sackcloth and ashes, if you Google search sackcloth and ashes, it comes from several places in scripture, both old and new Mm -hmm. Testament, but essentially wearing ashes was a way of publicly humbling yourself, um, uh, publicly kind of admitting that you had, had done something wrong or that maybe you needed some kind of, um, uh, some kind of, I don't say help, but I don't really know it, another it word.
1: Because it's too bougie to say back then. Like I'm a broke, I'm broken. Like, did they think that way then? It was ab- it like was like absolutely kind of saying kinda... saying
0: that you were broken and recognizing your need for uh-huh. someone to to help you. Okay. right um, and for the Jewish people, that meant um, humbling yourself before God. That mm-hmm. meant that meant r- recognizing that God was. Was going to be the one to help you. Was going to be the one to judge you, even mm-hmm. and and um, and that's that's God's job, right? He he gets to do that. I mean, that's kind of a relief. What do you think of the Absolutely. alternative? Absolutely, a relief. Okay. Other Absolutely. people judging you, jeez Louise. And so so uh, you can see in Job, you can see in uh, especially in the books of Kings, you can see in the prophetic books these references, these different times when different people, and sometimes like entire cities and countries are wearing sackcloth mm-hmm. and ashes i did learn fun fact s- did you know that oh, sackcloth really? was made of goat's hair ew i always thought of it as like a potato sack because of the name yeah sackcloth.
1: like burlap but which is made of what i don't even know what that is, is that i just don't like a, i don't
0: know but it was basically like woven goat goat's hair? hair and it was really really uncomfortable itchy? yeah and itchy yeah ew um and so people would wear that as a basically a way to say you know i'm broken so, and I'm i need help sinner. and i'm a sinner yeah. that kind of thing okay um so so if you're, if you were have, if there's any confusion as to why we wear ashes, that's why it's to, it's to just publicly mm-hmm. humble ourselves before God and to say, God, we need you. We need, we need your help in our lives. We recognize that we are not fully in control and that we're not capable of being who you call us to be without you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other kind of the other, um, the other thing to kind of think about is when we're in this time of, uh, of humbling ourselves before God, it is a, it is a journey and it's a journey of discovery. So it's not, we don't really have the opportunity in Lent to wallow in this place of being really dissatisfied with ourselves Mm -hmm. or, or kind of like, like, well, I guess wallowing is the best word of just kind of sitting there and lamenting, Uh. right? That's kind of where we start. We start with this recognition that we need all this help and immediately God is like, okay, you need help? Come on, come, come this way. We're going to walk, you know, this, we're going to go this direction together. We're going to take this journey together. And it immediately becomes, uh, this effort of real, um, you know, yes, there's pruning and there's some trials and there's some different difficult things, but, but the effort is really about discovery and it's about, it's about growing and kind of leaning into this process of allowing God to, to sort of fertilize you. Right. Allowing God to kind of take the 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 things in your life that maybe don't work, maybe take the parts of your relationship with him that are not where they want, where he wants them to be uh, and to allow allow those things to literally fertilize the soil and to kind of nurture you. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Cultivate your heart. Exactly. In a sense. Exactly. I think it's important to note, yeah, that the intent of Lent wow, I feel like Dr. Seuss is in the house. The intent of Lent is to grow closer to, you know, it's to um, nourish your relationship with God and to draw you in. Mm -hmm. So I think um, as as a child, as a youth, I definitely took the, I have a flair for the dramatic, you know, and just want to do really hard things Mm -hmm. (laughs) for Lent and, and, And then for Easter Sunday, be boastful about it. Like, Mm -hmm. how messed up is that? It wasn't even about me Mm -hmm. the whole time. But as I've um, grown in my faith, I've uh, found the importance of just desiring to be closer to him Mm -hmm. and the need to shed whatever distractions and funk. And, you know, I don't. He loves me. He loves us. So I don't, he's not in the business of wanting us to feel like crap.
0: No. So it's,
1: it's about pruning, but also just drawing us in.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, there's, there's, I I think this, um, and you and I have talked about it before. I think there's this misconception, um, within the church that, you know, you can't really be Catholic, uh, and maybe even depending on your denomination, like you can't really be Christian unless you're you're feeling guilty Mm -hmm. in some way. Right. And, and the thing about guilt, the thing about shame is, is they were never intended to be our state of being. They were intended to be motivators Mm -hmm. to get us to desiring the mercy of God. Kind of like a
1: feedback situation. Exactly. And, and
0: God, you know, God is not going to, God is not going to force just like he doesn't force anything upon us. He, he loves us, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't force his mercy on us. He doesn't force his, you know, um, his salvation on us. We, we, he loves us enough to give us the opportunity to choose it. The cool thing about Lent, the cool thing about yeah. these these times in our um, in our liturgical calendar, or these times in in our relationship with God, is as God kind of sets the table for those choices, mm. and He gives us every every possible reason to kind of make make our choice to to, to choose Him mm-hmm. over these other things, these other feelings. I think a lot of times as Catholics, we think that we have to drag those guilty feelings, those shameful feelings with us, Mm -hmm. um, in order to be like a real Catholic or in order to be really, 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 you know, sorry about, you know, one thing or another. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit like we talked about in the episode we did on resolutions at at New Year's, like those, these experience, the experiences that we have, um, with God during Lent, just like our resolutions are going to be, eventually they're going to be little tiny pieces of a puzzle, mm-hmm. little tiny pieces of like a brick wall, right? Like little individual bricks. Yeah. There's nothing that we're going to do in Lent um, that is going to guarantee our salvation. And there's nothing that we're going to do in Lent that is going to there's nothing that we might fail at during Lent where God's just going to go, I'm done with James. I'm done with Nikki. I'm so tired of that guy saying he's going to give up Oreos and then never again, James, really never getting, (laughs) getting through it. Right. And, and we, it's silly, you know, we put all this, this sort of human pressure, uh, Mm. on this. That's a good tag. You know, this, this chunk of the year where God is really just, you know, I, I just kind of imagine Jesus like sitting there Indian style, Like, or or maybe sitting on a park bench and we're like walking by and we're, we're trying to, you know, we're like frantically searching for the right answers or something or the right, the right things. And Jesus is just kind of like, man, I, I really love that guy. I'm going to wait here for him, you know, because that's, because that's, that's what I do. Right. Yeah. It's soul crushing, but it's also extremely liberating. I think, you know, that it is
1: if we acknowledge it, I think mm -hmm. that that whole guilt thing comes into play too, not just for the typical what you feel guilty for, but then feeling guilty for not recognizing just his presence in the simplest form. Certainly,
0: certainly. And, and his presence. I think that hits the nail on the head, his presence in the simplest form. So, you know, my theme, this Lent, and again, we've kind of talked about it. My got theme is Lent, Lent? Well, <laughs> well, like, well, like what I'm going to try to do this Lent is okay. to really, and I, I've tried this in previous years is to really, really keep things simple. Oh, good. Um, Because I find when I, when I get, uh, when I get too, when I try to get too detailed, Mm -hmm. um, when I try to get too nuanced, sort of out of my own um, fears or my own like, like kind of neediness, I don't really give God room to be nuanced, to Mm -hmm. kind of open up to me what he's really trying to teach me in those things, what he's really trying to give to me in those things. And so... Um, you know, maybe that's something, maybe that's something we really want to, we really, really, I think, want to express to our listeners is that, you know, Jesus, this, this idea of Lent comes from Jesus, um, wandering in the desert for 40 days. It comes from this idea of the people of Israel in the old Testament, wandering in the desert for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and what that wandering did was it, it, it allowed them to, um to to lose the distractions. Mm-hmm. It, it allowed them to kind of see, you know, this this realistic image of God and who God wanted to be as their leader, who God wanted to be as their father. Um, and when I say wanted to be, he already was, but he he wanted them to, to choose that. Yeah. Right. And um who's waiting know, for
1: them, their awareness. Exactly.
0: Jesus in the New Testament Um, he, he doesn't necessarily go out in the desert. I mean, he does go out in the desert to prepare himself for his ministry. He's very human and he Mm -hmm. knows that he needs to spend time in prayer with the father, with the Holy spirit to be galvanized for that ministry Mm -hmm. and to be ready for that ministry. He's also uniquely divine and he's the unique son of God. So he also goes out into the desert as a way to take the pressure off of a, of a meeting with us. He's, he's going out into the desert, um, to, to to meet us one-on-one to meet us face-to-face there's no paparazzi mm-hmm. around it's it's before his ministry even starts so there's not even really it's interesting there's not even really like this big crazy following of people nobody really knows who he is um he 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 doesn't um doesn't even have his disciples yet right and so he he goes out for for 40 days you know what what is the example there what is mm. he really trying to say to us he's trying to say that he just wants a one-on-one, frank, no masks, no distractions encounter with us, Mm. right? He goes out into the desert to give us an opportunity to meet him all alone, one-on-one, face-to-face with as little pressure as there can possibly be. That takes such a load off, yeah. And and I, I know when I think about that, I think, okay, then I am putting way too much brain thought and not enough heart thought into uh, into Lent, and I yeah. think when I start to think about it in those terms, I realize that Lent is a little bit more about intentions. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more about my desires than it is really about um, just getting holy things done or, mm-hmm. or, or not doing unholy things, right? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a lot more about meeting God in these moments and and being open to them and allowing God to do the work. Um, guys, newsflash: uh, all of these. Everything we've ever talked about, every experience every experience you ever had with God, God does all the work. You, mm. you, and I'm not saying you don't yeah. do any work. I'm saying God does like 99.999% of it, right? And really, our job is to make ourselves available. Yeah. But God has been ordering that work and kind of making those opportunities for you since the beginning of time, mm. right? It's like since he thought you up, he has been thinking about ways to love you and to bring you back to Him and to invite you into this relationship with Him. Um, and we can't really take credit for that, right? No. We can't take credit for it during Lent either. We've got to let God work on us during Lent. And we've yeah. got to got to surrender to that.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of um, just inherent pride mm-hmm. in the way that um, we as a collective have done Lent in the past. So, yeah, you know, maybe let this 2021 kind of right the boat and be intentional about what we're striving for.
0: Yeah. Do you think, do you think that word intentional, do you think that scares people?
1: It could, it could. Um, I guess when I say intentional, I'm thinking like with purpose, not, um, there are times when I do things like kind of, um, going through the motions. Mm Mm-hmm. On autopilot, and um, and Lynn could easily fall into that category for me, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I would never give up coffee because that would be too hard. But like, <laughs> you know, like I've I've tried to I've tried to and failed at mm-hmm. um, giving up the sweetener that I put in it or sure. or the cream, and then I'm like, you know, two weeks in, and I'm like, God, I know you love me, this is too hard. <laughs> We're not gonna do this. Oh, where does that? Where does so that? Broken. No, that's what,
0: I, I mean I. But that's, I, I think that's what we, I think that's what so many of us experience, right? And and it's, it's important to acknowledge that experience and to say, not only are we not defined by that experience, but the, but that experience can, should be teaching us something. It should. Right? And, 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 we can be open to whatever that lesson is and mm-hmm. still feel good about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, you said it's about purpose. So when we where, you know, for me, something I struggled with, for and I still struggle with, honestly, is defining a purpose. Whether it's a short-term goal, a long-term mm. goal, whether it's like my life purpose, right, like yeah. knowing and loving ser- and serving God, um, I struggle with kind of keeping that in my crosshairs and and living from that place of purpose. So I'm 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 interested, like, what what can we do as um, as disciples to make Lent, uh, not only make Lent purposeful, like starting out with a purpose in mind, but also kind of keeping that purpose in the forefront of our mind without it mm. feeling like, um, we're, we're working from a grocery list.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I, um, I feel like this is going to come across as real mom, it's mom-ish. Okay. but, um, pray for that desire you know, mm. to, to ask God to help you keep it in the crosshairs, ask God for, you know, I, I mean, each of us ask God to help us keep our purpose in our cross, in the crosshairs of our daily living, mm-hmm. because without his help, we're kind of helpless. I just feel like yeah, I'm floundering. So I, I don't know, that seems kind of simple, but I, yeah.
0: Well, I don't, I don't think it is, I don't think it is simple. And I think it, it the leads The thought us, is
1: simple, but it's hard to yeah, it's a, it's carry a very, out. It's a
0: very complex, uh, ask. Right. And, 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 and I don't say that in a negative way. It's a really beautiful thing to kind of unpack, mm-hmm. right. It's got a lot of layers. And I think when we say, um, you know, any, any time in our culture, when we say like, "Well, just pray about it. Right. Uh, that becomes a very easy uh, prescription it could for a be lot a Band-Aid. of things right it's a little bit of a band-aid for things but when we get into what that really means and yeah. and what um, what that means to God what our what our prayer means to God it's not a simple thing and mm-hmm. it's not um, something that we can just write off as oh I got this done today you know no. um, one of my right. talked about St. Martin de Porres last week. Uh, one of I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this quote, but but he's quote he's he's quoted as saying something like, um, "Imagine if even the most simple tasks, like something like I think he was talking about, sweeping. Like, like sweeping or doing the dishes or something.
1: I put that quote on our Instagram.
0: Imagine story. if the most simple tasks were were done with with a prayer, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if those things were." You know, if, if we took those those very mundane pieces of our lives and we expressed those things, we we were mm-hmm. grateful for those things, we were penitent with those things, we, you know, all these different feelings that we have in prayer. If we kind of lived those feelings through those moments um, in this conversation with God, yeah. And and I think, you know, I don't think St. Martin of Porres was thinking that that would solve all the world's problems. I don't I don't think that's necessarily it, right? But right. I do I do think that St. Martin de Porres was very very intentional mm-hmm. about his relationship with God. He was very yeah. intentional and all and all the saints they got to this point where they said, "Look, I have these desires and I have these these feelings in my heart and I have this need for God that nothing else satisfies." Right? Nothing yeah. else can 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 make me Feel the way that God does. Nothing else. Nothing else completes me in the way that God does. And so, I'm giving Him this time because it's the yes that I have to give. Yeah. Right. It's the thing that I have to give to Him. Lent is really, you know, I think, uh, in a lot of ways, about that. It's about kind of looking around and identifying what are the what are the things that I have to give. Yeah. Where where the where are the opportunities in my life where, again. God is here with me in the desert, right? He's maybe in the, maybe in the desert of a, of a pandemic, yeah. right? Maybe in the desert of like, this is my kid's third zoom class today mm-hmm. and he's sick of it and I'm sick of it. And, you know, we haven't been able to take the family vacation or we haven't been able to see family or, or maybe he's in the desert of like, you know, so-and-so passed away from yeah. COVID, right? Like these really kind of horrible life things. Yeah. Yeah what do I still have to give? And looking around, being very honest, being very humble, um, about making those things available to God for, Mm -hmm. for, for him to, to use those things in your life, um, to transmit his grace to you, to transmit his love to you, to, I mean, some, sometimes, you know, this brings us, I think into a whole other, like a whole other piece of this conversation. Sometimes the message of Lent is suck it up.
1: Suck it up, buttercup. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes
0: the message of Lent is, you know, James, you've, this behavior is not okay. And, and you, you really need to work on this. And mm-hmm. we're going to work on it together, but it's going to be really hard.
1: This is the thing that he's going to walk with us the mm-hmm. whole way. So it can be hard. Mm-hmm. And you can say this sucks, but he's going to be right by your side through the Absolutely. whole thing. And that's all also dependent on your prayer. Sure. Like, you know, prayer is not meant to change God, it's meant to change us. Mm-hmm. So having that continuous dialogue with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost think of it like, um, when I do the crazy thing where I'm talking to myself, I'm not really talking to myself. I'm talking to God and in, inviting him into this conversation with sure. Nikki. Sure. Out loud and Nikki in her I'm head. I'm glad someone
0: else is talking <laughs> back to you. That's good. <laughs>
1: uh, it's good though. But I mean, you know, prayer is meant to change us. And I think that the graces flow when I'm able to verbalize, all those things to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and even the Even the word, that. even the word Lent itself, which comes from a a German word that means spring, uh, and like spring the season, um, it's supposed to be that even in that connotation, it's supposed to be meant as like growth, new life, new life. Exactly. And so, so I I think prayer is an essential part of that conversation. Um, I think we should definitely talk about ways in which people can kind of engage in prayer and and Mm -hmm. engage in those different things. I also think that when we, um, when, when we look at Lent through the lens of, uh, I guess to, to kind of put this, to put it very bluntly, kind of like the, the very, like the all American sort of mindset, Mm -hmm. right. That, um, that Lent is kind of something to be tackled, right. Or it's something to kind of be conquered, something to kind of get through. Yeah. Like,
1: like training for a marathon and then you, you know, yeah. Where it's about us and our accomplishments. We
0: take all of the glory out of Lent Mm -hmm. when we do that. And, and maybe even, uh, make it all about us. Maybe even And I'm not saying that when you cross the finish line at a marathon, that's not a glorious thing. It's wonderful. But I guarantee you, your body, if you've been training for a marathon for six months and then you run the marathon, your body, the the good effects on your body, the good effects on your mental health, uh, all those different things, right, that are attributed to exercise, they far outweigh the little... (laughs) Plasticy <laughs> metal that you get, <laughs> right? And I'm not saying there's anything yeah. wrong with that plasticy metal, but but the the benefits are so much greater. And, yeah. And when we when we look at Lent through that lens, like, okay, just because we got to Easter and we got to eat candy again, does that is that where the glory stops? Right. And I'm not talking about the glory of the resurrection. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our own personal glory in our relationship with God. If that's as deep as it goes then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Really? I mean, what is it, what does it really matter? If we're not getting into like the glory of a, of a transformed life, right? Like, like, you know, when Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb, that's a metaphor for all of us. Mm. It's not, it's not just a miracle, right? It is, it is miraculous, but it's not just a miracle. And if it stops there at the miracle, then he's pretty much a magician. We're reducing him to a magician. Mm -hmm. We, we have to look at Christ as, no, Christ is calling me out of the tomb. He's calling me out of the tomb, these tombs in mm-hmm. my life that I create for myself, mm-hmm. these ways in which I've, you know, spiritually like, like died. that I'm really suffering, that I've died, mm-hmm. right? The, and, and I need his love. I need his resuscitation. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Lent is this opportunity to not only hear the call of God, but to respond to it mm-hmm. and to have like this, that. to have this really beautiful support of the, you know, the entire Christian community kind of responding at the same time. Solidarity. Right. Um, I, one of the things that I, I really, um, that I don't do well enough that I'm going to try to do this Lent is to be a little bit more involved in my parish community, uh, for Lenten activities. Now it's the pandemic, so there's, that's going to look a little, a little bit different this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to have like some different opportunities. our, our pastor here is putting together, uh, like a list of opportunities where we can kind of serve in different ways and do mm-hmm. different things. And even some things that people can do from home, prayer chains and, and things yeah. like that. Um, because I, I think in the past I've missed out on those community endeavors as a way mm-hmm. to like, to feel like, you know, um, I'm accomplishing something for a greater good. Right. And it's, it's still, God is still working on me and still making me better through mm-hmm. those things. But I am, um, sort of galvanized and held up by, by my community. Um, I think that's a really important thing to do. The other thing, uh, that I think kind of gets back to what you're talking about is, is seeing Lent as like, a seeing Lent is like almost like you're, you're reading a really, really good book. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I like to read, there are definitely books that I've read, uh, that are, really frustrating at certain points like what is, what is this character doing mm-hmm. why, why why did this happen or you know like the big um, there might be the big sort of dramatic tense moment in a story that that is kind of a plot twist and you're just like oh and you can kind of see it coming around the corner and it's excruciating because you want the characters to do different things <laughs> or just the right make <laughs> the right choice and they don't <laughs> right but that gets you to maybe like the second half of the book mm-hmm. or that or maybe that yeah. gets you to like like the sequel. Yeah. Right. And keep going. And if we, if we don't make it through those things, if we don't kind of get through those things, then, then we don't, we don't get to see the whole story. We don't get to look back and and say, man, that was, that was a really beautiful thing. Lent is kind of like that, I think, Mm -hmm. in that we, we do have to kind of tough it out. We do have to be willing to, to be engaged for this, this chunk of time. Um, But the, the purpose the purpose really does outweigh all, the, all of those things. It does. You know, Lent is not just about being sorry.
1: No. And the the other thing too is that the purpose doesn't go away for the other the rest of the year. Like mm. it's, it's it's a it's an ongoing um, purification, refinement of us. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and uh, drawing closer in our relationship with God. And I think the cool part about Lent, the, the part that I like is the solidarity with our community. Sure. So we talk about, I mean, like, think about um, God or Jesus sending um, the disciples, the apostles out two by two, like they could have, they could have covered so much more ground if they went By themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. gotten more done, but it was important to him that they had each other. Sure. And so I think the idea of going through the Linton experience together in community is um, it's vital. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I I depend on other people um, to share in the journey. Sure. You know. Sure. Like, um, yeah, it's just important to me as a human yeah. to know that, the, that, my fellow humans are struggling and working on that struggle. Mm-hmm. And how are you approaching, how are you approaching these, these struggles and just, um, learning from each other?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's a gift. and, and there's, there, there, are, you know, there are these, um, there are these, there are these three things that the church asks us to do during Lent, prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Maybe we'll talk about those in, in, uh, like an upcoming episode. Um, but what I'm hearing, sort of, from our conversation, and, and I think that comes from experience mm-hmm. uh, in trying and failing, and trying and succeeding at mm-hmm. different times during Lent, is so there's there's really kind of one um, essential over overarching thing, and that's prayer. Mm-hmm. That's this conversation with God that's going on, should be going on all the time, and hopefully Lent is a uh, a, a time of kind of sharpening that tool. Yeah, right? but sort of under the umbrella of prayer um is is keeping it simple yeah um giving you know and and by by that i mean giving god room right yeah um doing things in community recognizing that that you are a part of the body of christ Mm -hmm. and not the body of christ Mm -hmm. like it's not it's not all up to you um but some of it is and 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 other people in your community, other people in the body of Christ are dependent on you and you're dependent on those other people too. And that's a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, really kind of, kind of, um, allowing God, allowing this, this, um, this opportunity, this, this approach of Lent, uh, to, 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 to change you and to, I don't want to say to just um, to be complacent about the change, but to, to be malleable,
1: right. right. To really,
0: to really allow yourself to be malleable and to mm-hmm. recognize that, that this, you know, this change is not, it's not going to get you, um, it's not going to get you where you need to be right now. It's not, it's not a, uh, an no, instant gratification kind of thing. Yeah. There's going to be more to this journey after Lent is over, but, um, it's, It's a, it's a step along the way and it's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful step. And it's, and, and, and coming from that place of desire to, to me, like that idea of allowing God to, to mold me being malleable is kind of the ultimate, um, recognition of my desire. My desire is to, to grow closer to God. My desire is to, to be holier, to be happier, to be healthier, whatever it is. I recognize that I can't do that for myself. I can take, I can take steps. Right. But for me in my life, the way God made me to be, I have to lean on him in Mm -hmm. order to do that. And so, so it's really those three things that, that, that prayer, Mm -hmm. um, doing things in community and then, and then living out of that desire that it really encourages us to let God do the work. Right. And God wants to do the work. He's, I mean, he's already, he's already done the work. He's already been on the cross and, and, you know, all of those things. So, um, us kind of getting in that way getting in the way of him doing the work is, is a right. little bit silly.
1: Don't complicate the matter. Exactly. How exactly. many times have we done that? Yeah. I'm guilty as Me too. charged.
0: Me too. Me
1: Talking too. about guilt. No, just <laughs> it's so easy to come back to that. Right? It, I
0: mean, you know, we could play some Gregorian chant. Oh, over, yeah, yeah. And I love Gregorian chant. I shouldn't have said that. It's really beautiful. Gregorian chant is beautiful. I don't know if I'm
1: going to agree with um, you on that
0: one. It is. It, well, it's a really cool thing in yeah. our, in our liturgy. It's amazing. Um, but, It is associated with like darkness and guilt and sadness, unfortunately, for, for a lot of, a lot of us. Um, so, uh, I want to kind of, um, maybe talk about some challenges and kind of give our, um, our listeners some ways that they can kind of engage this Lent, maybe if they're having trouble getting started. Okay. Um, so the first one I talked to you about a little bit earlier before we hit record, And that's the the one 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 or the one eleven. The one eleven, yeah. And that's to um, that's to just kind of really simply. And this comes from youth ministry. I had no idea about it until just the other day. I actually read something on Facebook. Like it's not a new little. I don't think it's a new thing, thing? Um, but it was new to me. So I want to share it. Um, And that's to find one thing. So each one in the number one eleven represents one thing that you're going to do. Okay. Okay. Um, So the first thing uh, is to to give something up right to fast from something. Uh, it might be uh, a physical fast, right? It might be like, you know, I'm going to give up chocolate or, you know, it it might, might be something like that. Um, the second one is, uh, to, I forgot, uh, the, 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 the second one is, is going to be to kind of reach out and proactively do something in your life that, that kind of works to build up your relationship with God. So adding, okay. um, adding a little more prayer time or finding a devotional and, gotcha. and kind of, kind of working, you know, working through some of those things reading your Bible, um, yeah. you know, something intentional that, mm-hmm. that you're, you're adding. Right. And then the third thing is, is working on a particular sin. Um, and this is the one that's kind of tricky because we, we often think like, Hey, um, Lent is maybe the time to like stop all our sinning. Give that
1: sin up altogether. Yeah, I'm not sinning.
0: And it's like
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna be human anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and there's two things there. The first thing is it's like you're saying it's very unrealistic. Like we're gonna mess up. Uh, the second thing is that we should be working on not sinning all the time. We shouldn't right. need a that special time of year. We shouldn't be a special Lenten year. thing. No, we shouldn't need a special well, time Easter? of year to feel Let's get like, to the sinning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let the sinning commence. That doesn't. That doesn't really fly. <laughs> Um, that doesn't make it any sense. The purpose. Yeah. Um, so if there's something that you're really struggling with, I encourage you to uh, find someone to talk to, run to the sacrament of reconciliation, uh, to really lean on God and and trust in His mercy in that. Um but that comes with some responsibility on your part. God yeah. Jesus tells us go and sin no more, right? And on a very basic level he means, Hey, don't do that anymore. Like yeah. that's not good for you. Don't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Exactly. Yes. And when you <laughs> like I always try to and, duck and cover. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need me, right?
0: <laughs> and when you and when you fail, uh, go back to reconciliation and then go and sin no more, mm-hmm. right? It's this ongoing thing and he expects it to be an ongoing thing. But it also means, um, that that to, to maybe take that thing, that aspect, that, that thing in our lives, that one kind of place in our lives that uh, maybe we've always struggled. Maybe we, mm. we really kind of uh, find a hard time with uh, in, in, in just reconciling, yeah. right? And maybe, maybe it's the thing that you've been to reconciliation, you know, for like, you know, a hundred times or yeah. Maybe it's that thing. But kind of work on that thing and work on that thing only and allow that work to kind of infiltrate these other areas of your life, yeah. um, to make your whole life better. Right. And the, yeah. the, the example that was kind of given to me was, you know, and, and again, this was directed at, at teenagers was, okay, if the sin that you're really struggling with is honoring your father and your mother, right? You're, maybe you're lying to mom and dad about something or you're disrespectful to mom mm-hmm. and dad. Work on that sin, work on your conversations with mom and dad, work on staying calm, work on giving your mom and dad the proper respect that they deserve. And then watch how that affects your interactions with other people. Right. Watch how that changes your interactions with your coworkers or your teachers or your, your siblings or, or whatever. Right. And we can, we can apply those kind of things, uh, really to, to, to any life. Right. If there's yeah. that one person at work that you just, you just, I mean, I'm going to say it, you just hate that one person at work that you just can't stand. Right. Um, work on your interactions with that person, mm-hmm. work on kind of seeing the good in that person work, maybe, maybe some weeks it's like work on staying away from that person. Cause that's the best way that you can love them. Right. Yeah. That's okay. And, and allow that work to, to pay dividends in other places in your right. life. Don't think of Lent as the time when you have to be perfect. Because you will last about three days,
1: and you will be scarred. <laughs> oh, you'll be miserable. <laughs> yeah, be awful. You'll be
0: miserable afterwards. Oh. Yeah, um, Lent is not about about perfection. It really is about getting to, um, again, allowing Jesus to meet you in the desert, allowing yeah. God to 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 you know, as much as God is giving you an opportunity, you're saying yes to that opportunity and and giving Him the opportunity to. to to change your life.
1: Do you know what I feel guilty about? This is a little far-fetched, but um, or maybe it's not guilt and maybe it's empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and asking the apostles to just stay awake and Mm -hmm. not. I ache for him, for them not staying up, for Mm -hmm. them not being vigilant. Mm -hmm. And I just think, like for me, my approach to prayer and Lent comes k- kind of from that place and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want him, I don't, I don't want to be the friend who's sleeping when you're counting on me.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I, I've, I've honestly never thought about it like that. And I, and I think that's a very, um, wow. That's a very like beautiful way of thinking about it. Um, thanks I for
1: saying beautiful not dark no no no
0: no I think that's I think that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. beautiful um, Jesus wants to be our friend and he wants friends that stay awake with him but he also understands that his friends are idiots
1: James are you calling me an I'm voice? not calling
0: you an idiot I'm saying I oh, think no, 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 no. Listen, listen. Okay, so, okay. so think about it this way. And, and this, I think, ties in really, really well with what we're talking about uh, here during, you know, talking about Lent. They'd spent three years with Jesus. Three years. Okay. You think about priests or pastors who go to seminary and it's like five or six year program and all this kind of thing. They literally spent every waking moment with Christ for three years. Even... Even like being asleep, even mm-hmm. journeying from town to town, like the disciples are always with him, and they didn't understand the Last Supper. They didn't But get do it. you
1: think that I just feel like hindsight's 2020? It would be easy for us Absolute, to say that.
0: Absolutely, hindsight is 2020, and so there's freedom in that. There's freedom in understanding that Jesus is God, and I am not. Yeah. And Jesus wanting me to stay awake with Him is not just about Jesus needing me in this moment of friendship or in this moment of, you know, the lack thereof. Right. It's also about Jesus wanting to open up to me, my full potential. Ooh. It's about Jesus wanting mm. to, to share with me his glory. All of the disciples still got their shot at glory. Mm-hmm. They all still, you know, even, even Judas. Judas had a choice. Judas could have turned around and said, Jesus, I'm sorry. And Jesus would have said, I know, and I love you. And it would have been over with, mm. just like St. Peter, right? Yeah. G- Jesus, you know, what's funny is in the Garden of Gethsemane, like that whole thing happens. That's not considered a denial. It's not considered anything terrible that the apostles did, right? And really the only person that Jesus kind of makes apologize or, or has this come to Jesus meeting with later in scripture is St. Peter. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's because I think that scene is in there. Um, and this is how this ties into Lent. That scene is in there because it's an opportunity for encounter and it's an opportunity where sometimes we fall asleep. Sometimes it's really tough, right? Sometimes it's really tough to, you know, to just, to just be there and to be present and maybe, that in there is not because the disciples were so bad, but it's because the disciples are so great. We know them to be great men. We know that they lived these incredible lives and they, they died these incredible deaths for yeah. the sake of the gospel. And they still fell asleep.
1: So that's supposed to bring us comfort.
0: I, yeah, I think so. And, and Jesus still loved them. Yeah. And I guarantee there's a, there's a very human, uh, you know, Jesus in his humanity, he walked out and he was like a little frustrated, but there was a part of him that was like, these guys, these rascals, you know, you know and, and kind of laughed it off. And then, you know, he continues to love them and, you know, he, he, he knows everything that's going to happen. Mm. Um, there's a, a really, um, one of my, one of my, one of my favorite, like, I guess my, one of my favorite people growing up, um, he was this, this, well, I don't know if he listens. His name is Paul Cranley. Um, he was a, um, he was kind of a, he, he, he worked with the youth in our parish. He wasn't our youth minister. He was a volunteer, but he would help us. Um, we had this like team of teens that was really kind of interested in in stuff like leadership, right? And, and uh, he would help us plan retreats, right? And one of the things that he, um, that he, said over and over again as we were planning retreats was we got to, you got to allow space in Mm. a retreat to kind of let God do his thing and to let the Holy spirit do his thing. And so he, he loved, we would always have adoration. We'd have one of the deacons or one of the, or, or father Leo, our pastor come and and expose Jesus. Um, and we'd always have it kind of in this little upper room in one of our RE buildings, right? And there'd be like pillows on the ground and chairs and beanbags and stuff. And everybody could kind of just go in there and relax. And of course, during adoration, you always have to have someone in there with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's it's from that scripture, right? It's mm-hmm. from that place of like, someone has to kind of be there and be with Jesus. And Paul would, would you know, it's like three in the morning, it's a retreat with a bunch of kids. Like eventually somebody's gonna fall asleep in there, right? Like it was just the thing. and and Paul would always say like what's better than falling asleep in the father's arms like what's better than mm. that what's better than yeah. falling asleep in the 100% total tangible real presence of god you know we're 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 talking about lent we're talking about kind of giving god these this room in our lives i mean sometimes the room that we need is to rest oof Sometimes the, the, the work that we need God to do in our lives is to tell us, Nikki, go take a nap.
1: I like that.
0: You know? Um, and not because it's easy, but, but because it's hard because Mm -hmm. you're a, you're a mom and you're, you're busy and you have a million things to do and you're trying to get all these things done at the same time. Sometimes that's a message that you you need to hear. And sometimes that's the only place where God really feels like you're going to listen to him.
1: Mm. Or the only place where I have space for him. Sure. Yeah. I think that was part of my resolutions too. Yeah. Take more naps. Yeah. Yeah. Not on boats. That's great. (laughs) I had that caveat. That's awesome. Take more naps, not on boats. Yeah.
0: Um, Mm. Okay. So we're, we're getting a little bit uh, short on time. Um, I want to, do you have time to come back and, um, uh, do a quick are you asking uh, me yeah do a <laughs> yes, quick do. do a quick pro tip is that cool
1: uh, a quick pro tip awesome yes, I do
0: okay so we're going to be back with uh, a pro tip and some prayer, and we will see you in just a bit And we are back. Welcome back, Nikki. Well,
1: welcome back, James. Thanks. Is it appropriate for me to welcome you back sure. when you did the first welcome back?
0: No, I feel welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it.
1: Welcome back, Kata. Uh, yeah. Did you ever watch that, Mister Carter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, all right. I, I knew. I don't think it was on during my time, but I, I saw the. Uh,
1: you know what it's about.
0: I know what it's about. I saw the reruns. Sweat hogs, yep. etc. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Travolta in yeah. his prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in his right. prime. Um, we are back with some pro tips or a pro tip on, uh, or more than, one, pro or more tip, than James. one. Are we doing more mm-hmm, than one? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, Let's do more mm-hmm. than one. Sounds great. <laughs> um, on, uh, how to keep your Lent productive, I think is kind of yeah. what we're talking about and and maybe to take some of that pressure off too.
1: take the pressure off. Peeps. Yeah. Yeah. Just draw near.
0: Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Sure.
1: I'll go first. Go for it. Okay. So mine has to do with music because guess what? life should be a musical life Mm -hmm. is a musical for me so I would say my pro tip is to um find a Lenten playlist if you want to um I know there's lots out there I've I have one of my own it's actually still listed Lent 2020 because I still feel like I'm a little bit living in the Lent 2020 Mm -hmm. season but there's great reflective draw you closer to God music out there mm-hmm. and affirm um, me, music is the the most um, conduity, conduit Sure conduit to God. Sure.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's something that's uh, the saints agree with that. A lot of the saints agree and um, certainly King David agrees. That's right. Um, and he's probably someone to listen to. Um, we, like, the, the thing that I love about that is a good um a good song a good like praise and worship song or even like a more liturgically based mm-hmm. song that 's about god um it gives us a time frame so if that song is like four minutes long like you're mm-hmm. setting aside four minutes to, yeah, f- to focus on your relationship with god yeah and even Nothing's if you can only, even if you can only do that once a day that's that's a really that's a really cool thing I love yeah. that and that's cool um my uh, my pro tip is to not put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all Kay. your eggs in one basket. Yes, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. It and, sounds
1: more eastery, but you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what I and what I mean by that is if you uh, so Lent is six weeks long. Mm-hmm. Right, it's forty something days. Um, it, it's if you uh, if you kind of break that down into weeks. Uh, my advice is to kind of pick one thing per week that you're going to really try to do, um, that's a little bit extra from your normal prayer routine or your normal Mm -hmm. relationship time with God. Um, so the first week it might be, um, I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm, you know, the next week it might be, I'm going to try, uh, you know, reading the gospel of Mark. It's the shortest one. Right. Um, and if there are things that you jump into in those six weeks, different, you know, if you, if you jump into any of those things and they really resonate with you, they're really like kind of working, then stick with them. Yeah. If not, uh, don't feel the pressure to, to find something else. Right. Lent is also really kind of a time of journeying and seeking. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think two great pro tips, one kind of finding a soundtrack for your prayer and, and finding some, some music in your life that, that directs you towards that conversation with God. Um, and then not, uh, not not limiting yourself to just one thing. Feel free to kind of go explore yeah. and and for me in the past picking one thing per week has worked. Like one thing to kind of do per Bite week size bite-sized pieces. Um, Matthew Kelly uh, from Dynamic Catholic he he likes to say like in when he talks about new year's resolutions or talks about kind of making these commitments to God um, he says to kind of keep them small and to do mm-hmm. them kind of one at a time. And, and I think that's really important advice for Lent too.
1: That is good. Hey, hmm. um, Matthew Kelly also does, you can subscribe to the dynamic Catholic and he'll do right. the Lenten little video that has been really, um, helpful and kind of anchoring to mm-hmm. my day mm-hmm. uh, when I've done that, um, for past Lent's.
0: And they'll, they'll send those really to your, good. they'll send those to your email. We should link that. They'll send yeah. those to your email and. And make sure, and we should link your, your playlist too. All right. Um, they'll send us to your email and make sure that you have them like nice and early in the day. So you can kind of, kind of start, get them into your day. Like right, right. When is the right time for you? Yeah, for sure. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, we are wishing everybody a very, very happy Lent and a very, very happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Ash Wednesday. Um, We really hope that your Lenten journey is uh, an opportunity for you to experience the love and the mercy of God and to just. Kind of walk with him more closely. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to continue to talk about Lenty things uh, over the next, you know, dur- during this during this time, this liturgical season of Lent. Um, we're also going to continue to just be silly and goofy and have fun. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> All right, uh, ragamuffins, you're the best, and we love you. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, let's pray and get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the name of the Father, Father the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a great Lent. Peace. peace. to church podcast is an amet creative production and is hosted by james longoria and nikki moncada our theme music is candle in the shadows by the poor kings check them out on spotify or wherever you download music incidental music is by punch deck find us on instagram at late to church podcast and let us know your questions comments and thoughts by contacting late to church podcast at gmail.com your insights might even be featured on the show just a little reminder you are good You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.